Hello and welcome to the McGap and Fries movie podcast. Don't do it like that. <laughs> <laughs> You should do it with a bit more energy. Okay. It's a podcast. People who listen to this, they don't want to fall asleep. Unless they want to fall asleep. I do listen to podcasts over to fall asleep sometimes. All right. All right. <clears throat> Hello, and welcome to the McGap and Fries Movie Podcast. I'm Gavin. Hi there. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, welcome to our review of Split, the new film by M. Night Shyamalan. Shyamalan? Shyamalan. 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 Ding-dong. Shyamalan. Shyamalan. The new film by M. Night. The new yes. film from the director of Sixth Sense. Unbreakable signs and such. And as he's as he's credited in this movie, Jai, the Hooters lover. And such a, scroll down, it's and, literally there. I know, and, and such revered classics as The Happening and Avatar: The Last Airbender. Yes, that's right. But also signs and Lady, in the, Lady in the Water. Lady in the Water. <laughs> My personal favorite. <laughs> this is going well off track. Yeah. So Split is the new movie from M Night Shyamalan, who's on a bit of a Shyamalanaissance. <laughs> Yeah, try saying that five times. Yeah. <laughs> he's on a little, it's not as easy as the McConaughey's. He's on a little bit of a career resurgence yeah. after the visit. Um, Do you know what the secret was? What? Don't give him enough money. Yeah. <laughs> Just keep him confined to as few locations as possible. Yes. And you will get gold. Yeah. No, I think it's really good that he um, hooked up with Jason Blum. Yeah. Because uh, this is another uh, Blumhouse production, same thing as the visit. Yeah. They clearly work very well with each other and... Um, this film is another step in the right d- direction for his career resurgence. Yeah, but before we get to that, we should say there are some backpacks in this movie. There are some backpacks in this movie. And um, I believe at one point I saw James McAvoy carrying quite a stylish backpack there. What's wrong with your internet? What's <laughs> wrong with my internet? <laughs> shit, what is it? What the fuck are you doing? I'm just looking shit up. Now? Now? You do this now? Jesus fucking Christ. What? Do I have earphones? Oh yeah, so you can drown us out. Hang on a second. Say hi to all the listeners. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead, say hi. Say hi, say hi. Alright, I'm just gonna go upstairs and get some headphones. Okay. I'm leaving all of this in. So we are sponsored by greenroom136.com. They make, um... Urban, what they call urban carry gears what most of you might call backpacks, bags and side keeps um, they have a brand new junk monkey which is redesigned and they also have a brand new bag called the Metromonger if you go to greenroom136.com you can see their bags they're Malaysian made handmade here in Malaysia they're guaranteed for life and they are sturdy as fuck so if you need any kind of holder for anything um, we highly recommend you go and look them up if you do decide to purchase something uh, use the discount code MACYAP10 it's M-C-Y-A-P-1-0 and you will get 10% discount off your next purchase so and if you have any comments you can send it at you can send them to it uh, send <laughs> you can send them to us at po- should we do this again? no <laughs> <laughs> that's what we do guys like we leave everything in there mistakes and all this is raw raw podcasting you can email us at podcast at mcgapandfries.com. That's podcast at mcgapandfries.com. Or you can tweet us at gavyap or... Uh, MacNastyPrime. I keep expecting you to give the Instagram because you were doing that for a while. 
Oh, as it was. Yeah, if you want to follow me on Instagram, I'm GaviUp77. I'm McNasty Prime on all platforms. If you see me on Titanfall 2, hit me up on Xbox One. Back to the movie! Back to the movie! Where were we split? Like this so, podcast, all over the place. <laughs> so this is uh, the story about a guy who kidnaps three girls uh, and basically hides them in some underground kind of bunker somewhere. It's the grimdark reboot of Kimmy Schmidt. That's right. Yeah. And uh, this, the kidnapper is played by James McAvoy. And uh, his character has 24 distinct personalities. Although you only kind of, you probably only meet like... I think he's 23 and the 24th is coming. Right. Yes, that's the, that's the right. tagline. Right. So he's got... You only meet about 12. Uh, or 8, actually. I, eight. Yeah, less than 12. I think Which is really nice the way they credited. He's credited for each of the roles. Yeah. Which yeah. is very nicely done. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I just want to say that James McAvoy absolutely tears this part up. Yeah. It's a really demanding role. It requires a really good actor. And James McAvoy, he really steps up to the plate and gives an amazing performance. And the movie starts like a smack in the head with a wet fish. Like, it's instantly... You get a little bit of background, and then it's you're right you're right in it. You're right into you're it. You're right into it. And which, did you notice which I like. Which and I did like. you notice there's 20... I think it's 23 or 24 credits yeah. as it rolls. Like, on yeah. the screen, there's 24 versions, which yeah. is pretty clever. Yeah. It's a very clever movie all around. And uh, so, yeah, he has all these personalities. He has these three girls there who he talks about as sacred food yeah don't know what that means and it could have been way more claustrophobic it does a nice job with intercutting to some other stories there's a dr fletcher involved yeah who um seems like she's from a different movie at times mm-hmm. which is I, I i liked it you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's like it's very different from what's going on in the bunker mm-hmm. um and something's gonna happen there and you see him play a panoply of characters and the girls try to figure out how to get out of there and one of the three girls, uh, the girl Casey, she's played by Anya Taylor-Joy, who was uh, the, the lead in the film The Witch, which apparently... Is oh, she a, was the lead in that? I believe so, yeah. Oh. Um, I knew she was in it, but not what role she played. Yeah, I haven't seen The Witch, but everything I've heard about The Witch says that it's a really, really good film. Yeah. And so her character is a little bit of a social reject. Um, the other two girls kind of... Not, not to say they don't like her, but they recognize that socially... Oh, like, I'm not going to invite the only girl from my art class. Like, I'm, I'm going to, in the middle. I'm yeah, going to so invite everyone except the, the one other person in my art class to my birthday party. Dad. Yeah, like, socially, there's a little bit of a stigma there, and that's why she's with them. But it's because of the fact that she's had such a troubled past, and we get some really nice glimpses into her past. The way those moments are staged are really, really nicely done. Um, it's because of this that she's actually better equipped than the other two girls to actually handle the situation that they're in. And you in. find that out very quickly. Yeah. And this sort of um, creates a little bit of a connection between her and James McAvoy. Uh, or to be more specific, it, it creates a connection between her and one of James McAvoy's many personalities. Yeah. So it becomes this thing where they feel that the best way to get out is to actually make friends with the one personality that might be swayed. Yeah. Um, and that creates a very interesting character dynamic. An interesting tension as well, because you're yeah. not sure. You never know who she's talking to. Yeah. <laughs> and there's, 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 it's, 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 it's formulated very nicely in that, like, you know, we get to share the light. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. They, they see themselves in a waiting room with chairs and that they, yeah. each character gets to have the light. And when they have the light, they're in control of the body. Yeah. Kevin's body. Yeah. And, um, it's and nice. You don't know who's got the light at any one time at certain points. And you learn pretty early in the movie because James McAvoy's character, um, I mean, there's no. <laughs> Which one? Yeah, exactly. I'm just going to say James McAvoy just to make it easier. But um, there is one point in the film where James McAvoy's character meets with a a psychiatrist. And this is a psychiatrist uh, played by Betty Buckley. The character's name is Dr. Karen Fletcher. And she's actually very sympathetic 
um, not only to James McAvoy's character, but to the condition, to the, uh, the medical condition in general. I can remember what the first V stands for. Something dis- identity disorder. Yeah. And, Disparate- and oh, yeah. she's actually, um, uh, I guess you could say she's a crusader for this, for this thing, where she is trying to get the rest of the medical world to um, look at it differently, to recognize that these people are actually very special. Yeah. That, that it, this is not just a disorder, that these people are actually gifted. Yeah, that they're not, not anything lesser and that like she has certain other patients who's like one character, one, one patient is, one personality is diabetic and another personality is a weightlifter who can actually bench weight higher mm. than the actual person themselves yeah. can. Yeah. And all yeah. this kind of stuff. Yeah. And she's also incredibly sympathetic in that she's trying to always engage. Yeah. Like, it's, it's quite interesting to see that kind of character and not just be instantly afraid. Yeah. She's always trying to win them over, and there's a nice dynamic between her and McAvoy's character. Yeah, and you've got these sessions where McAvoy's talking to her and everything, and quite early on in the film, she's like, who am I talking to? Yeah. I don't believe I'm talking to the person who's supposed to be in charge. And it's great because the whole reason he keeps turning up is because one of his personalities keeps emailing yeah. and saying, we need he, to talk! Yeah, we need to talk. Like, shit's going down. But they don't and sign it, it, and she's not sure who, who it is. That's right, and he turns up there and it's like everything's fine and then that's where she starts to get clued into the fact it's like okay who am i really speaking to yeah um and this and this is not so much of a spoiler like this actually no, no, this, this, this happens pretty early on into the film we will have a spoiler section later because there's a spoiler section we're going to have to talk about yeah there's something that happens later in the film yeah. it's we'll, not an m night Shyamalan movie about a twist but yeah, it's not we'll, that but it's not the standard Shyamalan twist yeah yeah yeah. Anyway, we'll we'll talk about that later. We'll give you fair warning. But I should say, like, when I say that's another thing, I say, don't watch this movie waiting for the twist. It's not yeah. Sixth Sense. It's yeah. not Signs. It's like yeah. you just go in there, enjoy the performance. Yeah. Because it is a tour de force. Yeah. But we'll uh, we'll get to that part later. Um, I mean, just getting down to it, I really enjoyed this film. Yeah. I I mean I, re- it's classic M Night. Mm. It's you know if you enjoyed you know, the beginning of his uh, sort of real successful filmmaking career with Sixth Sense and Unbreakable. Not so much Signs, but really like Sixth Sense and Unbreakable. Mm. Signs was great up until the end. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, There's some imagery in Signs that really holds up. The the image of the aliens walking around with the birthday party footage, that's like... First time you see no, no, that. No, 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 I love that bit with Joaquin. I'm getting chi- I'm getting my, the hairs are standing up on my no, arms right now. I love now. that bit with Joaquin Phoenix where he's like talking to the kids. Hey, vamos! Vamos! <laughs> Get out of the way! <laughs> that shit just cracks me up. But there's something that I've always admired about M. Night's style. Even with um, the films of his that didn't quite work, like Lady in the Water, mm-hmm. and um, not so much with the happening in Last Airbender, is that he he's not afraid for a film to really take its time mm. where you have lingering shots it's almost like a european film mm. where you have these long quiet takes where you're just looking at behavior you're just looking at small little things and he's always been a filmmaker who's uh, um employed that method a lot to great effect uh early, especially like with the early films like six Sense and unbreakable and this film sort of harkens back to those days and if you've seen The Visit, it's a very organic moving on from that in that it's, again, it's very small scale. And just like, there's a really freaky imagery in yeah. The Visit. And what happens at the end is parts of it laughable, but intentionally so. Yeah. And it's a really enjoyable horror. Not really, a, it's not even, it's a psychological horror with a, with a sting in the tail, but not much like creepy, not like, not supernatural or anything like that. You seem to get the impression with this film that he's finally reached a point where He's in control of his filmmaking uh, prowess, but at the same time, he's he seems to have developed a sense of humor about himself. Yeah, um, and I think and I think he more than anyone, you know, realizes sort of the drumming that he got with some of the films that he made a few years ago. Yeah, uh, and 
as a result, we're seeing a more sort of refreshed, more confident... And yet more restrained. Yeah, um, fil filmmaker at work. And I really appreciated that. And I really, I really enjoyed the film. Jane McAvoy's performance is so good that there, at times you do feel... You do sort of uh, ask yourself, would I like this film as much if it wasn't for this amazing performance? Yeah. Um, and that's a valid question. Because mm. he, he starts off with different clothing for the different characters, but then as it goes on, at certain points, they transition quicker. Yeah. And the way he portrays that, and like, one has a lisp, one is very prim and proper, one is very... You know, he's like lounging and stuff like yeah. that. And like, you get... It's a very physical performance. Like, I think Uma pointed this out, um, that... Shyamalan also puts the camera at different... He shoots them differently. Yeah. Like, uh, the, the, the character who is uh, OCD mm -hmm. is always center frame. Mm -hmm. Nearly always, always center frame, which yeah. I didn't notice in the film at all. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. like, Hedwig, who is the nine-year-old character. Yeah, and yeah. it's, again, it's a brilliant thing. Instead of dragging that out, the girl just asks, what age are you? Yeah. Like, I'm nine. It's yeah. like, you instantly get it. Yeah. <clears throat> I think they sh he shoots all his stuff really low, low angle. Yeah. And, it's, it's again, it reinforces the, the perspective and the, the changing of the guard. I mean... You brought up the character of Hedwig. I mean, one brilliant moment, uh, and it really says a lot about uh, James McAvoy's understanding of uh, not necessarily that character, but that sort of age, is where you kind of get this idea of, yeah, I, c I can see how a nine-year-old might think dance moves like that are really cool. Yeah. You know, like just, just, just things like that. It's, That's it's hilarious. It's a funny. really, it's a really, it's hilariously funny, but so creepy at the yeah. same time. It's horrible. Um but no, I, I really enjoyed it. I mean, I do feel that with films like this, uh, because the build-up is great, mm. the, the setup is amazing, it's almost impossible for the third act to um, completely satisfy. Yeah. Uh, and that's not just about this film. A lot of films that have this kind of sort of, you know, where, where they do such a good job of, of setting something up, the third act almost always disappoints. Yeah. And I won't say that the third act disappoints, it's just not as strong as act one and two. Yeah, and I mean, before we get to the twist, even if you, if, if you disagree, it's not a twist, I don't think it's a twist, it's a reveal more than a twist, like I said, it's not something you look out for. But before you even get to that, what impact that has on your enjoyment or the rest of the movie, yeah. the story comes to a, an ending just slightly before that, Yeah, and that felt a little of a letdown for me. You want to have a lot more resolution, and I felt it didn't quite have that. It does add in some resolution in other areas, you know, she's in the car, Yeah, yeah, yeah. and there's a point there. Yeah. Like, that was quite nicely done, and it's like, there's a, there's, there's a hint of more of a story that's going to come, and it's going to finish that off nicely yeah. okay. Yeah. But about McAvoy's character, their ending was like, mm. It was, yeah, I mean... Again, well, again, I won't say it's bad. Yeah, I, you know, it didn't uh, affect my enjoyment, my overall enjoyment of the film, but it did feel that they could have done something a little more with it. There could have been a little bit more of a payoff. And when it comes to the very end of the film, the reason why they did that ending becomes very clear. Yeah, in a way. Yeah. Um, whether we see any follow up on that or not, we don't know. Yeah, but I kind of hope so. Yeah, me too. Because <laughs> the possibilities are are endless. Yeah, you know. Um, so should we should we get to that? Okay, let's get to that. Okay, let's get to that. So if you have not seen this movie and you're going to go see it, do not listen from this point onwards. I swear to God, if you have any interest in this film at all, go and see it now before some dickhead ruins it for you because we're going to ruin it for you now like Dick. some dickheads. Yeah, like, so, so turn off now if you haven't seen the film because we're going to talk about the very last scene and it's a huge fucking spoiler. In three, two, two turn it off, turn it off. One, turn it off. The world will understand now. The beast is real. Holy shit, shit, it's an unbreakable sequel! <laughs> <laughs>
Or it's kind of like, yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it is an Unbreakable sequel. It is. And, I mean, I laughed my ass off hugely once you see... So, at the end of the movie, the girl gets away, but it's not because she breaks out or anything like that. It's because he talks about only the, the broken are special. Yeah. And she is special because they've had this side story going the whole way through about her evil uncle. Yeah. Who is out also her guardian, which is horrifying. Yeah. And the abuse she suffered under him. And the Beast, 24th... Uh, personality comes to bear and he's eaten the other two girls yeah and he's gonna eat her until he realizes she's broken he's like ah we are more like than we thought and he leaves her alone and she, well after she shoots him twice yeah it's like you are pure of heart yeah. you know like that that kind of thing so which, he, which, which, which was a little corny yeah well no she's yeah she's impure so she's safe something like that yeah, yeah. the impure are pure yeah and he's licking his wounds and talking to himself in a mirror, which is a nice shot, like the different personalities of different reflections yeah and she's sitting in a car and said your, your cop says to her your uncle's here you want to go see him? And she's like, oh shit, no. And like, there's a hint there that we should sort that out. Yeah. And then we go to a completely unrelated scene in a coffee diner somewhere where yeah. someone's talking about, oh, they're starting like, to call him. They're, they're talking about James McAvoy's character on the news and he's like, what is the character? He's, he's, you know, he's now known as the Horde. Yeah. Which kind of suggests that he's like this career criminal. And Uma showed me, his, he sent me a photo of his notes and he's like, what's with all the superhero rhetoric? Earlier <laughs> in the movie? Yeah, 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 yeah. Which plays off. Yeah. Um, and then it was funny because, like, when they met, when I when I was listening to this, oh, he calls himself the Horde. You know, he's a career criminal, and you kind of think to yourself, that sounds like a comic book villain name. Yep. And then in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, maybe it's maybe this exists in the same universe as Unbreakable. And just as I'm thinking that, who fucking turns up? Well, in two ladies go like, wow, isn't that like that guy who was a couple of years ago in the wheelchair? What was like, his who, name? What was his name? And then cut to Bruce fucking Willis, Willis drinking a cup of coffee and just going, Mr. Mr. Glass. Mr. Glass. <laughs> Um, and it was this really great thing where I noticed it first, and then Uma noticed it, and then Bahir noticed it, and it was this wave of, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit! Like, and you heard me. <laughs> yeah, like, I heard you laughing. My girlfriend was I like, heard, stop laughing I, so loud. I heard Kai laughing. Yeah, it's just like, because it's one of those, la- it's a shock laugh. It's a shock. And it's like, it's a full on, full long laugh, because you're like, I can't believe they did this. It is a laugh full of cinematic joy. Yeah. And it's a trick you can only do once, though. That's yeah. why we said if you listen to if you listen to this now and you haven't seen the movie, you're a dumbass. You're, you're a fucking dumbass. Because you've Sorry. ruined one of the cinematic experiences of 2017 for yourself. We gave you fair warning, dude. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Uma did a, a straw poll around the office to see whether people thought the ending was good or bad or not. And I asked him whether any of the youngins he worked with got it. Some of them didn't, but fair dues to them, they looked it up. Yeah. Um, I think a lot, maybe a lot of people might do that. I don't know. Maybe how long? It was ten years ago. How long ago was Unbreakable? Um, 2000, I think. Was it? I think it was 2000. It was 2000 or 2001, one of those two. But um, or it might have even been 99. But it was around there. 2000. Yeah, 2000. No. But you know, 2000 is still my favorite M Night film. 2000? No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> you never saw 2000. It was this little known fucking indie he did. It was going to be a sequel to The Happening, but he never got to make it. You know, and like, you know, to, you, know you should check it out. If you haven't seen 2000, you really should check it out. <laughs> it's a prequel to 2001. It was so good. That, it was so good that they that they pulled the release. They like they didn't think it was going to... I managed to see like a... Like M. Night like, Shyamalan, Stanley Kubrick's 2000. I saw a press screening. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> no, Unbreakable is my favorite M. Night film. Mm. And it's just, it was such a joy to see. Yeah. And, I mean, if this takes off, if Split does really well, 
M. Night might have created his own Marvel Universe. Well, this is what I, I said this on BFM as well. It's the beginning of the Shyamalan cinematic like, universe. He, he might have created his own fucking Marvel Universe. And, and, it, and, and, it all, I, and all, all I gotta say is, bravo. Yeah, because, bravo. because his take as well was like, as much as, I mean, Whedon and the others, uh, Favreau and those, they would have had that in mind when doing their take on those heroes, those ground, grounding those four-color Marvel heroes in the modern world. Yeah. But... His is even more dark and gritty. Like yeah. it's 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 so grounded. Yes, yeah. ridiculous. It, it could totally work. It's like one of those offshoots of the comics you used to get in the nineties. You know what I like? Yeah. The Wildstorm universe and all these other. There's a Wild Card universe as well. Like all these different universes would have their different setups, and some of them were like tied into comic lore. Where like this 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 when Marvel co- published their first comics and uh, an asteroid came out and that happened to that mm. the next generation then of heroes like that or even Watchmen or something like that. It's like it would be so much more darker. And it split fits perfectly with that idea. Like and I Bruce Willis is just unbreakable. This guy is just superhuman because he's superhuman because one of his personalities yeah, is, is, a super, is a fucking superhuman. Yeah. Now, were you thinking? Because when I saw like there was the sketches of the Beast and all that kind of stuff, I was thinking they were might have gone Lovecraftian with the ending. Yeah, uh, I, I was thinking that. Something. Which would have also been nice if it was like you know the Doctor confronts it and then it's like the Beast comes out and it's like a many tentacle, many eyed horror. But, but that bit. It, Towards the end, where he's just running from one dark corner to another across the across yeah. was, was genius. Yeah, like that was and climbing gen- on the roof. That was genuinely un- unsettling. Yeah, you know, and I loved that. I mean, I really hope that he continues making these kinds of films. I hope that this movie makes bank. Yeah, because I want more Unbreakable Tines. Yeah, <laughs> I want the M Night Cinematic Universe. <laughs> the Sham the Shamalaverse. The Shamalaverse. The Shamalama Ding Dong Verse. I, I, I fucking want it. <laughs> <laughs> He's 47? Yeah. 47. But seriously, like, if you can hunt down a copy of 2000, check that movie out, because it is, without a doubt, his best film. Yeah. So good they wouldn't release it. I'm so, I'm so <laughs> grateful I got, him, I got one, of the, one of the only... Copies. People, one of the only people on Earth. <laughs> you, got a, you got a laser disc, right? It's just me, M. Knight, and his agent. <laughs> <laughs> and the dude that the film's based on. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, there's not much to say about it. Let us know what you thought, and let us know if you remember Unbreakable, or if you didn't, if you didn't get anything from the. the that'll ending. be, I mean, like when this comes out on Blu-ray, that'll be a great double bill. Yeah, Unbreakable and fucking Split. Movie night. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. Okay. Bye.